Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. I'm Ivanka Magic. And my name is Michael Forrest. And this week, what are we talking about? This week we're mostly having opinions on on data. Data is the subject this week, but before we get on to that... Yes. Tell me about your flipping week, Ivanka. (laughs) My week has been... I think it's been okay. It goes so fast. Where does it go? What happens? Mine are going fast now. I was worried because for a while it was a real slog, my work days. I was just feeling every hour. But this week has been a bit back into that cycle of just like, you know, you just kind of come to at the other end of the day and it's like, okay, that's done. (laughs) Yes, my week has been been like that. It's been worky. You haven't even been working though. No, but I've been working a lot on restaurantsbrighton.co.uk. No, is that a little hobby project that you're doing? No, that is not a hobby project. (laughs) (laughs) That is how we pay the bills around here. Wow. (laughs) From a website? From a website, indeed. Well, what's the point of a website? Oh, it gives people information about things. So, yes, I've been doing that. And then I went to meet with the Brighton & Ho Food Partnership, who I'm not sure if they're a charity or one of those social enterprises, actually. I must check. But anyway, they do things about helping people around Brighton uh, eat, those those who can't. So, and they also help with, so they help by providing cookery courses and gardening projects and a thing called the Casserole Club, which is a way of uh, combating loneliness more than food, right. but via the medium of food. So if you have a spare portion of food once a month, once a week, once every couple of weeks, they pair you with somebody who's socially isolated and you take them around some dinner and have a chat with them maybe, maybe eat with them, maybe just mm. have a cup of tea and a chat. So it's nice. So they do things like that. So we were looking at how we could help them. So volunteering our professional skills to help a local charity well check you out check That's us pretty imp- out important stuff with my, with my halo loneliness, loneliness is a problem it is a big problem for everyone in society except and for rich famous people is it with loads of money and are who they are famous not they're not lonely and, or, and they have no problems <laughs> <laughs> so we should all aspire That's to be truth. like them yes we should all be like them if not only them. i had more sports cars then I would be truly not alone. <laughs> Is that what you need? Can you drive? No, I had a one driving lesson last year in an effort to get started, but then I, I haven't managed to pick it up again. I've got a provisional driving licence, which I think was a pretty good step. It's now got the wrong address on it because I've moved since, so I guess I'm, I need to update that. I've had two, a two-hour session, so I'm pretty there? much there. I can turn, I can go round a certain area, turning left the whole time, going over speed bumps over and over again. So I'm pretty much, I think, halfway there probably. <laughs> I've been reading this book called something like The Body Holds the Score, The Body Keeps Score or something, and it's about how trauma affects you physically. Emotional trauma or... Emotional trauma, how emotional trauma physically affects your brain and therefore your hives. It gives you the hives. It gives you the hives and it does things like... So I'm I'm very early into the book, but I've been reading interesting things about how uh, medicating mental illness... These are kind of things we've we've touched upon or alluded to or investigated Mm. in our own lives, but um, so using chemicals to treat mental illness or the symptoms of mental illness doesn't really necessarily address the underpinning issues that have caused those mental illnesses and uh, it's quite interesting yeah best case scenario with that is it gives you a little bit of a leg up to start trying to deal with your problems but certainly um it's easy to become dependent on the chemical isn't it oh well more one of the interesting examples that this this guy, this psychiatrist dude gives, whose name, obviously, I haven't got in my head because I don't do that kind of thing. Uh, I'll, yell was it, that... I'll yell it over. You yell it later. Here, right here. Hold on. Michael Gilbo. There we go. Now we know. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the guy was giving stats on how uh, a lot of the stats that he uses are American stats, but it's about sort of children in care are X amount higher percentage likely to be prescribed with medication to, to address behaviour. 
But the problem with a lot of the med- never mind that, even putting that to one side, that the medication to address the behaviour makes them less likely to be curious, interested, engaged in society, which therefore makes it even less likely that they will learn the skills required to be an adult and to be a contributing member of society. So they're sort mm. of medicated out of yeah. Like you need existence. to experience experience life, don't you? Or yeah, you do. What the heck? Rather than um, you yeah. know, I can I can understand if you are like you say, you know, as a as a grown up struggling with depression, for example, using drugs to help you get up in the morning to have the energy to deal with to go to a therapy session. But that's very different to a child who's not yet got a fully formed brain or a fully formed set of emotions. So it's quite, though I, I'm making it sound really depressing and it's not <laughs> joyful, but it's not depressing. It's interesting to look at these well, things, I think. Uh, go a bit easy. Get ready for a gulp, guys. There we go. I have to edit out a lot of those usually. Not She doesn't usually go. <laughs> <laughs> that was my turmeric tea. That's what my new hell? fad of the week. I mean, come on. It's actually just, a very nice beverage. It's, my favourite. Go on. My favourite is celestial seasonings, and I would recommend having it in a huge mug because a, a tea bag goes a long way. It's very celestial tasty. seasonings. Yeah, it's got a picture of a tiger on it, and it's the most tasty herbal tea we've found. Wow, that is a high praise indeed. My um, my new fad of the week is uh, a cup of yellow <laughs> with a bit of pepper. Well. Speaking of yellow, um, my week was characterised. <laughs> I never ask you how you are. My week was very much characterised by um, my 24-hour urine collection. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Which is um, 48 hours of collecting your own urine in a big bottle, two big bottles. Um so did this encourage you to drink more or less water you were supposed to just drink the normal amount i drank the normal amount (laughs) but yeah so i'm finally free of so i couldn't really range very far from the house for a couple of days just in case you know nature called um and yeah so i've I've had a little jug and then been pouring it into a big jug and it's a whole thing I was wondering how I was going to get them because the hospitals in that I have to deliver them to is in Hammersmith and I've been worried because they're big bottles, um, <laughs> two and a half litre bottles. Um, I mean, about like a half full, a third to a half full now. Um, and I was wondering about how I was going to get them in. I thought I was going to have to take a taxi or something. But in the end, I elected to... I'm, I've got this very tall backpack, so I have been i cycled the 25 minute journey into hammersmith which is where my studio also is so it was quite convenient for that um with two bottles of piss on my back <laughs> uh, when when they came out they were a bit frothy due to being um shaken up in my bag Ivanka's like why are you talking about this it's a great story it's just uh it's slightly humiliating it's slightly uh, undignified the ongoing saga of no we just need you to for two full days collect every wee you do okay sounds good but i got them in and he said it was he said I was a okay, so which is a great improvement from the first time I handed over urine sample in this saga when it was described as not good urine. So um, we're getting there. We're getting there, people. We're getting there. That's I'm going to be good. better. And I slugged back three vitamin D pills this morning. Apparently, you can have three at once, once a week. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm going to be so full of flipping vitamins. It's unbelievable. So you don't have to take them every day? No, apparently it's not like vitamins. I guess that it can the body can store vitamin D, but I'll have to Google that. You'd imagine uh, it would. Otherwise, and, how could you become... Well, you can't store vitamin C, so... And that's can... just one down. It's the one before, <laughs> so... I'm not, I'm not sure that that's how it works, Michael. What? <laughs> if they're in alphabetical order, they have similar behaviours. No. I mean, but you know, the vitamin D thing, you think you're supposed to sort of sunbathe in summer and that's supposed to keep you going through the winter, so therefore you must be able to store it. Well, there we go. Stands to reason. Um, the only other thing was we, we, we finished off Jessica Jones at the weekend, which I will recommend. Oh, really? After series one was absolutely 
just phenomenal. Um, but one of the things that was great about it was how brilliant the villain was um, as a sort of like person who's very powerful and sort of misogynistic, but not cackling, I am evil. They're just like, what? They're just sort of very casually ruining people's lives because they're so powerful they just don't but they're just not really thinking about it and they're just kind of breezing through and being very charming and it's David Tennant plays this guy Dr what's his name Dr Kilgrave <laughs> it's a very silly name but I thought the first series was so <laughs> defined by the brilliant interaction between uh, Jessica Jones and you know and the villain that, uh, who was then not in the second series I was a bit worried that it wasn't going to um, you know it's going to lose that magic but they did they, they do the writing is just they do a really great job of following where the story needs to go and what the characters need to do and where they are so even if initially you're like oh why are we talking why are we talking about this you're like oh well yeah i guess that's like high priority for this this character right now and you stick with it and then it like really pays off really excitingly and it gets very good so as superhero things go i think it's the best marvel villain like series one of jessica jones is probably the best marvel thing i've seen Wow. Um, it's pretty brutal as well. It's pretty violent. <laughs> um, I'm sure I watched a bit of Jessica Jones. I didn't and, really get into it. Uh, well, I can't recommend it. Well, like the, you, you, the first episode, two thirds of the way through, like she has, there's this creepy moment where, like, you sort of see the silhouette of this guy kind of come in and just like really creepily just lick the side of her face and then sort of disappear. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of awesomely so creepy and weird that I've definitely got to watch this with Sharon like this is not something I'm going to watch on my own so I kind of rewatched it kind of you could just tell like this is okay this is something else this is something a bit different because that's not what you usually have the bad guys do in a creepy scene <laughs> but yeah big fan of the writing on that and um yeah recommend it <laughs> What I thought you were going to say when you described your misogynist villain. Yes. I thought you were going to say, and this is a beautiful segue into the Cambridge Analytica story of the week. (laughs) (laughs) What we're talking about this week is data. And in the wake of, I mean, how long have we been talking about Cambridge Analytica now? Like a year? Year or so. Over a year? Yeah. And we've been waiting. And it still hasn't really hit the news. And when I talked about it, I felt like I was... Like the when you have when you describe it, you feel like you're a kind of conspiracy theorist or something. It's so kind of, it's so such a big thing, and it's so kind of under the radar. But then, but then the fact you could look at their website and see them talking about what they've done um, in public, it's it's been amazing that it's taken so long for this to catch up. You know, for this to be on the news, and yeah, the whistleblower was very important. So you wanted you wanted to take the misogyny, you know, no, well, no, tie I into was, that. Uh, Are you it, talking it was about just the your camera? description, the villain? I think the idea that it's like instead of being a cackling villain, it's sort of well, of course, sort of with a complete lack of empathy for society, yeah, for for the world. That you know, that's what I think is most remarkable about this. The, the things we've we've read and seen is this sort of well, yeah, you know, of course we'll, we'll just do that. We'll just manipulate an election that affects millions, hundreds of millions of people. You know, why not? Yeah, just do can. it because we can yeah. and yeah. have absolutely no consciousness about it. Well, apparently this person, was it Steve Bannon that said like, to, you know, to change society first you have to break it? Or was it the Cambridge Analytica person? Yeah, I don't know. Like, but that's yeah. They just decided, okay, we're going to break society, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. Because <laughs> um, I didn't know about the data breach. Um, I just knew they were, you know, just they, they were capturing users' psychometric data by with those little silly kind of questionnaires that you get. You yeah. know, I'm a this and that, and they were just kind of consolidating data and cross-referencing data collected from those silly little. So watch out for those little anything that starts kind of psychoanalyzing you because that's probably connected to something a lot more manipulative and a lot darker. And also, you know, when you see these little ads in your Facebook feed. Like, that could have been targeted at just you. This is so creepy. (laughs) And this is the thing. It's so underground and it's so behind the scenes. Like, because it's so much a personal experience of, oh, I'm seeing this. And they created content. They had a huge team of people creating video content, websites, blogs, news sites 
that would then you'd sort of click through from something you saw on Facebook and you'd just end up kind of going down a rabbit hole of fake made up content designed to manipulate you into a certain, you know, into behaving a certain way. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just incredible. It and, is and, yeah. and I wish I could see some of this content, but none of us can see the content anyone else was getting shown. And I think they probably, you know, and it's nice to think that, well, I, they couldn't have targeted me because I'm too, you know, intellectually conscious. Or, yeah, I don't know. like, But, you know, think how many people just quietly gone on these little rabbit hole things, not really realising that it's content that's been tailor made to change the way they see things. Yeah. It's crazy. Because, I mean, this idea, there's lots of things under this story, really. There is uh, privacy, there is yep. uh, there is the sort of manipulation, there is, I don't, is it corruption? That sort of manipulation at that from that high level on a grand scale, what is that? Well, Does someone that... was paying for it. They well, were charging millions of pounds, millions of dollars. It was getting paid for. It wasn't. They didn't do it for altruistic reasons. It was a they business. They did it for money. Yeah. They did it for cash. So there's all these kind of um, just good, because manipulation is not new. Advertising no. is manipulation. You know, there's no yes. there's every little bit of of uh, you know a party political broadcast. Every single one of those things yeah. is an attempt to manipulate you into changing your view or confirming your views. So that's yeah. that's not new. But that's a shared reality. That's everyone gets to see the, the same, same adverts. Yeah. And it's, so now we don't have a shared reality anymore. We just have... That is you know. the fucked up thing. Yeah. That is what's weird. Like, I go... Because there was an article rolling around at some points, like, what's the difference? And I'm, I'm sure we've referenced it. The sort of difference between a liberal person's approach to life and a conservative person's approach to life. And there's this kind of fundamental um, fear response that people who are of a liberal mindset are simply less fearful of the world and therefore they're, they're, they're less on an offensive so the response to things will not be well, I'll kill and maim, it'll be help whereas, and that, I think that I read this article, I, maybe it was fake news to support yeah, my way of thinking who just knows? like, you're the right you're right, you're right Ivanka, you yes you are lovely Ivanka <laughs> <laughs> who knows, who can say who knows? so I'll, I'll dig it out and we can we can decide for ourselves but, but to think that, you know, two members of the same family would be logging onto Facebook, one of the and getting angry about completely different things, yeah. or in fact the same thing but differently presented. It's yeah. just that is just what's totally fucked up about this. And it's just amazing that they made it work though, as well, because you, you know, there's nothing to say that this strategy would necessarily work, but they, I mean, they worked all right. Well, they're not lacking in cleverness. Hmm. It's just whether you want yeah. to spend your cleverness doing, you know, there was a there was a Cambridge researcher involved, you know, there, there was there was some clever people. And I got I got into a conversation on Twitter with I finally because I'd been for after Brexit, I was I just didn't understand who. Like, I, I knew that, you know, a lot of people were voting out of ignorance and sort of racism and, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the, the bus and all this. But I was like, well, that, but there must be some... But I finally found someone, you know, the people using big data to, you know, and using Facebook to do things. I got into a conversation with this one guy. Um, I will have to track down his name. It was actually Dominic Cummings, the director of the Leave campaign. He talked a lot about um, running this big data campaign um as part of the brexit as part of the leave campaign and again they were doing similar things and i think cambridge analytica was part of it as well yeah i think um, they were yeah but i asked him why he did it and his response was like he wanted he was like a smart guy and i was like well why why do you want this and he's and his response was it was to do with like the the EU is too slow and it can't react to change quick enough and it it's about sort of control and feedback being kind of screwed up um in this kind of it as you get a larger organization and he wanted a sort of smaller more fast moving thing which he kind of said that you know Europe can do but he th their team had very little patience for Farage or anyone like that because they would just sort of spout stuff off and kind of run around whereas they were doing the real work of actually kind of like systematic systematically making this change yeah um but the the grotesque thing about that is okay well make that the campaign 
you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't a... make it about racism and getting rid of immigrants and, you know, yeah. But nobody made that argument. That no, argument wasn't made like that at all by anybody. No. It's that a, the, even the left that have strong arguments about free trade versus fair trade, those arguments weren't being made. If you want to be a... a so on the, on the left and the right... And, but, that, but what you're saying, his argument, isn't really left or right. No, not at all. It's um, got nothing to do with that. It's to do with the, the machine of the EU. Yeah. And it may be a very good, it may be very valid. Um, and that's, you know, I'd be interested to sort of find out. But the fact that you're not using that as your campaign is the is, really, yeah, is that the, makes the horrible it, thing about that, all this. And that makes it doubtful that that is a valid argument. Because yeah, if like it were a, a valid argument, then surely you could use it to win an argument, you know? Well, but it's too complex, isn't it? It's too complex to explain to your average person. So you kind of make the campaign about racism instead, about kind of xenophobia. And, and fuck who has to pay the price. Yeah. It's that lack of conscience that is yeah. freaky. Ooh, just, just not freaky. Freaky gives, makes it sound like it's a, some sort of... The word picture. Yeah. We need the word like insidious. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say disgusting. I don't want to say grotesque. I want to say, I don't want to say, it's um, evil. It's basically evil, isn't it? It is. It's basically like evil. You know, you're using people as pawns for your own, whatever reasons they are. And probably you're not actually going to get to follow through on those reasons. But also, it's just like an experiment, isn't it? And it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Em- on a, on low a empathy, massive scale. What can we, what can we do? So, but manipulating people isn't new. Treating the absolutely citizens, yeah. you know, the citizens, treating your citizens, treating your fellow humans as pawns for your game is he- not is not a new thing. Uh, the powerful have always done it. The church yeah. has always done it. The yeah. powerful have done it via the church. These are not yeah. new things. Well, and the church has done it via, you know, I via think, powerful like, maybe people. The... It's kind of a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> when it well, comes I think to... the church sits above um, politics in terms of power. Um, there's, and if you want to see that, <laughs> if you want to see that um, really beautifully uh, done, watch the end of season two of Angel. I think the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spin-off has a wonderful kind of church state. They right. go to an alternative, they go to another dimension where our vampire character comes in and now he in this dimension he can like walk around in the daylight and he's having a great time and you know, our female sort of lead uh, Cordelia kind of ends up um in this sort of ritualized uh kind of royal pairing and then she's going to rule with she's going to be a princess and sort of rule things and you sort of see them kind of doing the machinations of the sort of um the theater of power and then but of course that's all being done by these kind of monks behind the scenes who are actually kind of like hold all of the knowledge and hold you know using their kind of like because religion if you have god on your side if you have a if you have a religion is the most powerful because it's you're the one that's in touch with the guy that's running everything that's in control of the universe you know this isn't about countries this is about nature i know the guy that made all of this so you shut up king of one country prime minister of one little country yeah 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 true anyway, that was a bit of a conf- befuddled confused tangent but i just wanted to bring in some something a bit like you know befuddled is a good it's a good word uh, <laughs> not necessarily I the like right it. word but, you know. <laughs> but it's a good one can't help in these circumstances though this idea that people can't possibly understand the complicated argument of the of the eu needs to be more nimble or whatever your 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 um your that was about it that was about it you know it's like so people are too stupid for that so let's give them things i I don't like that argument i hate that argument it's like and 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 going to my usual fallback of uh, children and parents versus you know society and city or you know government and citizens or it's like my you have a choice even though I just don't believe people can't understand is my point. I and when I when I'm if somebody's asking me a question, I will answer the actual question instead of saying no, you don't you can't yeah. possibly understand. So therefore, look, it's about cheese. It's about bendy bananas. 
fucking bendy bananas or straight bananas or whatever that <sighs> bullshit is. And the, and the irony of a lot of this is that with this new um, general data protection blur, GDPR rule coming in, law coming in in May, right. that's designed to protect us all from this kind of data manipulation. You will have the right to be forgotten. You will have the right to put anybody collecting data about you will have to have your explicit consent and be very clear on what that data is going to be used for. And that's that's a law that's coming from the EU. The EU has looked at how to protect all of its citizens. So why why do we have the cookie protection rule? What are, like what what is what is the danger of being online and sharing your data? I, I would summarize it as if people can start connecting your activity between different websites, then they can start to really get inside your head. So what those cookie rules are about um, is, is to stop, to make it very difficult technically to have your information, to have your, data, your activity on one website leak into another website. Um, something that really undermines that is as soon as someone sticks a Facebook like button embed into their page, now Facebook has access to all of that information about your behavior across loads and loads of websites. And the same with Google. Every time you click a link, it like adds to its understanding of your behavior, as well as most websites have Google Analytics integrated. So Google have an awful lot of data on your web browsing behavior. And then the other person that's in a very powerful position is your ISP, is your internet provider, because they could just collect everything. And actually now they are by, you know, by law. Which, yeah, which is dark <laughs> which as well. Which is very dark. And again, it's gone through quietly. Yeah, yeah, that just, that was a shocking thing that just happened. And now that's that's real. So basically, the, the police have access to everything you've ever looked at. All your porn. All of those <laughs> pornography decisions. Doesn't matter if you're in private browsing. I mean, that's that's going <laughs> that's going in the database. Um, yes. But the the um, the the thing about that data is there's an awful lot of it. And it's called big data for a reason. Is that it's it's sort of not necessarily that actionable. It's you don't necessarily drawing conclusions from it is not necessarily that trivial. I looked at the GDPR website this week, last week, just to try and understand that, and I just couldn't make sense of what it was actually. Well, I mean, so the, the reality is with the same thing of like the oh, cookie, yeah, cookie protection is that. What nobody has addressed is the models, the interaction models that will make anybody actually read the consent that they have to give. Like we're mm. all in a massive, massive habit of going clickety-click, yes, I agree, clickety-click, whatever. Yeah, yeah, cookies, just give me the website. I want to buy shoes. Um, so we're not really uh, how that GDPR will actually be executed in terms of interaction models is a whole different kettle of fish i think mm. it's all very well coming up with it as a law but making sure being able to prove that consent was truly given is you know i think a bit of a i think they've gone a bit too i think it'll be really hard everybody who's ever yeah. cl clicked yes i agreed to terms and conditions having not read the terms and conditions which is everyone frankly yep. Uh, except obviously some of our former colleagues at Canonical who truly did do read all the terms and conditions, yeah. but you are an exception. Yes, um, well. So so most people just say, yeah, 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 I just want the thing. Um, and so I think that's got a major stumbling block in terms of the intention is cool. And the right to be forgotten, I think, is interesting. I mean, this, this whole thing about data and big data collection is interesting on loads of levels. When I talk about privacy and that kind of idea of them plugging what you were talking about, that sort of lots of different data points slowly building up a more and more robust picture of who you, Michael Forrest, or me, mm. Vanka Magic, truly are and what we're interested in, um, that's kind of creepy, uh, if on, on one level but then me as a parent I've got this whole extra layer of so there are v almost no pictures of my child on the open internet there mm. are a couple and she's not tagged or I'm not tagged and not she's not identifiable as my child and right. because I think I as a parent have a right 
I have a have a duty to protect her from her identity being understood even before she's formed it. Hmm. And even before she's and when later on she can choose how much of herself she divulges to the internet. At the moment, I'm sure the internet knows that I have a child. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> because because now I've put it on a podcast and I've put it in a couple of articles. But I don't, you know, I didn't really go. Hey, look, here's the child that got born. Um, mm. uh, I don't. Uh, so I, you know, I think that that there's that kind of level of data. How much about me? And the thing that most people will say is like, oh, it doesn't matter as long as you're not doing anything wrong. I don't mind how much they know about me because then yeah. they can catch all the wrongans and. You know, we don't make our streets covered in cages because a couple of people might get mugged one day. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of just it's it's a lot of this is because we can. And it's the same with plastic, with all these other things at the moment we're going through. Uh, why are you doing that? Because we can. Because we've got the technology. So, so when you so I I think something that I do and this may be controversial, but something I do respect and appreciate about what Zuckerberg did with Facebook was he he did want to, like, let people look over the garden wall a little bit. Right, rather than having, like, a, kind of everyone's in a private prison, locked-off prison cell, try and, like, open it up a little bit so that you can sort of look over someone's wall, see what they're doing, maybe sort of say hello. And I think that's one of the things that made it so compelling, um, was that you could, you know, he sort of in an opinionated, disruptive way, just kind of like opened up that circle of what was acceptable to kind of um, uh, like let pe- people see. And it, you know, it took off in a big way. Not that, And there were lots of other social networks. So I really think a social network is it's just uh, what makes it take off is often just like a subtlety of its configuration, of its design. Um, and you can have some almost identical looking social networks, but one thing might be different that would make it super compelling um, over another. But yeah, that, that, they, that gives them a huge, huge responsibility when they have all of this data. And even if it's, you know, if it's all kind of, you've got all this control over your privacy and you can make this visible to these and this visible to these, um, the uh, the fact that you've still got all of that in your database and a bug in your code can leak 50 million private profiles and all of their messages without you even knowing necessarily is you know that's a huge risk and that's something you have to take a lot of responsibility for and i can talk about this my experience you know firsthand i have created uh an online service with that you know for mental health that asked you how you were and like recorded your sort of diary of your kind of maybe quite innermost thoughts and i found that very stressful owning that data about people um, some of whom, because it was just me making something and kind of my friends were seeing it and maybe trying it, some of that, you know, could have been my friends. So um, I, you know, it was a lot of responsibility and I had to, I was very hardline, I'm not going to look at this database, but it would be very easy to, if I was a different person, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. to just kind of go through it all and kind of find out an awful lot of stuff. Um, and maybe people would think that they were being, you know, clever about not saying it but it might actually be more obvious than they might think um which yeah does remind me like the the main thing about privacy to me traditionally has been i i don't really care if some stranger that i'm never going to meet finds out what um porn i may or may not have looked at um it's if my someone really close to me knows that or all of my friends find out like, that's the really um, scary bit. But what this Cambridge Analytica thing has exposed is that, you know, we are now at a level where we can start manipulating people and changing things based on... Fundamentally, we're all nosy about each other. Yes. Right? And you have to be. To be human is to be nosy, really, and go, oh, what are they doing? And you're right. I mean, Facebook has created a... Uh, for whatever it hasn't done... For example, for me, who's got friends and relatives all over the world, it's very nice to be able to keep keep tabs on people without actually having to 
set aside time reader, to phone them up. <laughs> reader family newsletter. Letter or you know. whatever. It's kind of nice and you can interact with the different generations of the family, whereas before it might have been the mother sending a broadcast to everybody on a round-robin yeah. letter. It's now, you know, you can talk to the teenagers and the mother and the grandparents and everybody. So there is something nice about that feeling of connection. But, but then it's also this idea that it's free to use and it's not mm. free to use <laughs> you have paid for it with your data if you're not aware of the expression listener if <laughs> if um the product is free then well if something's free then you're the product that's just it and that's so just to remember that like if you're not paying money you're paying something um, yeah <laughs> you are paying but and you know zuckerberg has the right to you know, pays employees and make a living. Whether he has the right to make bazillions is a different <laughs> conversation. But uh, but you know, if you've got a if you've got a product idea and you um, you have the right to earn a living from that product idea, in is my my belief. You spend time doing things, you should be rewarded. But if it's a good idea and people want it, la la la. Those ex- you know caveats mm. aside. But if you are you are we are using these three things we are using google we are using facebook we are using twitter we are using all these things that we're not paying for we're giving them ourselves and our data and we're giving them the right to you know that thing where you go and look for some towels on one website and then you get to facebook and there's an advert for those towels (laughs) that's that's the one you will never be allowed to forget that thing but even just using gmail it's like now you know i could host my own private email server but Gmail's just got a nicer user interface, so I will sacrifice my privacy and let Google have all of my emails for 10 years, but longer, on their servers to do with what they will. <laughs> just because it's a bit easier, like their their website works a bit better than it would if I was doing my own one. Yeah, and it's, it's massively convenient for a small business to host your email through. Yeah. If you need to knock up, you know, a few different accounts, you don't need an administrator, you don't need... And, you, and that's a more of a paid-for service. But if you're... It's kind of... So you're, you're, you've got to do the checks and balances. The, the, and all of the... But there is a positive flip side to big data. <laughs> like, okay. There truly is, in my view. So... For somebody like me, and probably like you, who's been studying and thinking about uh, user interfaces and, and how computers can help people and what software can do, for a very long time, the sort of panacea of the ultimate piece of software for everybody is this idea of the personal assistant this this and you've got all these videos that may be now 20 years old of you walking into your house and kind of doing the hey siri wake me up in half an hour would you mm. um but in, and in order for those digital assistants now like for example if you've put your if you've created a calendar entry in your phone then whether you've done it in Google Calendar or Apple Calendar or any other calendar, you can go, oh, you should leave now because the location for your meeting is going to take you 15 minutes to get there by if you walk. It can't do that if you don't give it data and it isn't allowed to spy on you because it needs to know where you are now, where you need to be, uh, how you normally travel, all those kind of things. So, but we have to find this. The, the the missing element in all of this is the morals and ethics bit. If yeah, it's... and this is what the EU's trying to do, but it's you know it can't move fast enough. Not that I want to reinforce this. <laughs> well, um. I think the problem is a lot of these uh, legislators don't understand technology. Yeah, and, and I mean these aren't geographically constrained things like this is no, a, no, you no, can no, have no, a law no. in one country and it yeah. so what <laughs> i mean the, the eu law covers anyone collecting data on eu citizens so even if you're an american firm but you sell to eu citizens you have okay. to i don't know how they're going to enforce it i mean how do you enforce don't any know. of this well, like, well, the I trouble know. is the I, only I people know. that can enforce a lot of this stuff are facebook and google i remember i remember because i watched the webinar in a week okay was that this week yes i learned this i do know the answer to this question from the lawyer person is that basically as a data controller so if i am collecting data about you and then i want to put it into my gmail or i want to put it into my ujima.com I have Jim a what now? Whatever I was trying to remember. <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't think you of anything practical. My made up dot com tool that I want to use to spam you. 
I have to, I am responsible if they don't adhere to GDPR. So the law makes it uh, so that basically if I trade in the EU and you want to trade with me, your product needs to adhere to the same GDPR rules. Otherwise, I'm going to get fined and the fines are big. They're like 4% of annual turnover or 20 million euros, depending on which comes first. And it's, you know, they're they're big fines. Um, Mm. But so basically they've they've legislated the supply chain. So sorry, American companies, you are going to have to do this if you want to trade with EU. And I know Mm. there's only 60 odd million British people, but there's like 500 million EU people. And that is more than in America land. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a worthwhile market. Well, it was a good idea to team up with them, wasn't it? It um, was good. I mean, <laughs> with it's a good idea, team. that EU. Yeah, yeah. I think it really uh, solved us, you know, a lot of problems that you don't even realise it was solving. <laughs> no. um, but going back to this idea that there are some positives in all of this, like, yeah. you know, there are no positives in the Cambridge Analytica thing. Don't get me wrong. That is evil. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, <laughs> this will be a trigger that solves loads of data problems. Uh, but, you know, in the same way that having Donald Trump as president of the United States of America is going to solve loads of problems just by people trying to get rid of him. The thing about data is its natural its natural state is to not be private its natural behavior is to leak and be copied and copied over and over again that's just the physics of data so privacy control is you're actually trying to fight physics and it's very hard to make something secure it's harder to make something secure and when developers are in trouble and they're on a deadline the easiest thing sometimes to solve something is just to kind of i'm just going to flip off that privacy that security thing to get this bug working so that i can deliver tomorrow so i don't get in trouble and because it's kind of invisible like unless someone's really paying attention to every commit and you know all that uh, a commit is a bit a change you made to some code uh, with where you say what you wrote, but you could easily, it's you know, not someone marriage. wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's just a little, I've committed a change to this code. The easiest thing to do when someone, you know, when someone types in a password that they want to be their password would just be to save that as the password in a text field in the database. And that's a really bad thing to do because we, if someone gets the database, that. they can. And we we no. know not to do that now. We maybe didn't know to do not to do that twenty years ago, thirty years ago. We were like, oh, it'll be fine. No one'll ever find it. Um, but the crazy thing about the internet is that anything that can happen will happen. Um, it just will. <laughs> There's no getting away from it. So we learned to hash our passwords, and then, you know, we you, you'll have seen maybe that you have to have the little HTTPS padlock on a website anytime you're putting your password in, because in the old days, anyone in the same cafe as you could just sniff what your passwords are if you happen to log in while they were there. They could just see your your things going backwards and forwards because there was naturally it's open. Naturally everything is just open. So we are we have to spot the weaknesses, spot the security flaws and then deal with them as they emerge. And that's why we have these sort of bounty campaigns where, you know, they try and make it more uh, tempting to hackers to when they find a vulnerability or a data leak or something like that to get paid lots of money to share it with someone like Google so that they can fix it rather than trying to, I don't know, sell all the data on the dark web. Um, so, yeah, we, we are dealing with, we're, we're fighting, we're fighting physics here. And it's very, um, that's why this stuff will keep happening all the time. So, you know, f- for that reason, and, and the conclusion of that is that means you just need to, if you don't want something to be known you just have to not put it there like if you don't want don't send emails about what drugs you're buying because that's just there that's now just in a server and it's been copied thousands of times across loads of different computers and there's nothing you can do about it and there's no such thing as deleting data like once it's existed once it's been it's really really hard to delete data once it exists because of the way that computers copy data and back themselves up and replicate. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's almost an absurd idea that you could then delete something that was now out there. Well, is anyone scared? <laughs> Which is that whole thing about the right to be forgotten. 
Yeah. Hello, Google. I'd like you to delete my account and delete all the information you hold on me. Thank you. <laughs> and the, well, and the correct answer from Google there is, OK, well, we'll try. Yeah. But the <laughs> law says take... that they must. Yeah, yeah. But, and um, it's, but it's a lot of effort. It's like, OK, well, we've got tape backups. Um, well, so we've yeah. got a, you know, how yes. do you even... But, but you see, the good thing about this GDPR law is that it opens those conversations up. The intention yeah. must be there to do the right thing. Yeah, and by yeah, the absolutely. right thing, I mean the non-evil thing, the not <laughs> manipulating society to break it using data. That is what I mean by the right thing. Not yeah, no, no, that. and I agree. So, and I, I'm just saying so, why it's so difficult and why stuff I, will um, keep happening. On the subject of how we used to do things, uh, I went to watch this documentary called Hacker Story. Uh, I will share the link to this because it's out, out and about. Um, and I went with one of my friends who, and, and a mutual friend of ours actually got done for hacking into Harvard University a number of years ago. But the reason he was able to do that, because I'd never really heard or understood how and what he'd done. And apparently it was because at the time, this is 20 years ago, or more in fact, shit, I'm old. Um, <laughs> Me too. Basically, they were storing every failed password and username entry. Uh. So every time, so where passwords, you might go, oh, I've stuck a one at the end of my password. The servers were saving all those failed attempts, so you're eliminating loads of options. Um, and you know how really easy, easy. That, you know, you know how easy that is to do as a programmer. I can't get my password form to work. I am gonna just in my logs type what it should, what the password should be, and then I forget to delete that log message. And now that's just in plain text replicated you know just on the server for anyone that happens to manage to hack in can get all of those logs of those things and if i've just made a little I, you know if people are work this is why programmers shouldn't work late um because uh if you're a bit tired and you accidentally push some code and then forget about it that is just logging out that you know and you just wouldn't think of it for a second and you know i'm working on an app that's sh that basically I've got to be careful I don't accidentally log out this mnemonic that you use to restore your Bitcoin wallet because if that just ended up in the logs and someone sort of found a way to access those, they, they've just got everyone's money. <laughs> Loads of people's money. Just for me, like if I'm a bit frazzled because I'm trying to meet a deadline and I'm tired. And you've got a kidney like, stone. It's, yeah, it's so easy to make that sort of mistake. If you And you have to really understand what you're doing. So that's why we need to force, you know, that's why we need to enforce all this stuff. Sorry, I mean, I'm just making it scary. But it's all very technical because um, earlier mm. when you were talking about hashing passwords and then somebody yeah. in a cafe being able to sniff, I was like, ooh, oh, sorry. <laughs> delicious smelling password hash. Everybody need to understand how much the people really need to understand. The people don't. The government, the the the, 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 the ruling, <laughs> the, the people making the legislators the need to know. The church needs to understand this. And the church, <laughs> the king needs to understand, and the queen. Not to sound like a mental crank. <laughs> Uh, Michael's holding his finger in the air in a uh, bear with me we'll, kind of a not gesture. Not to sound like a crazy person, <laughs> not to sound like an Alex Jones on your ass, but like when I was younger, I read about the singularity. If you don't know what that is, that's the rate of technology ch change progress um, is accelerating because the more advanced technology gets the more it makes it easier to make further advances in technology and that gets faster and faster and we're seeing it every day that's why things are going kind of crazy and it's called a singularity because this rate of change just kind of goes up and up and up until it's just a straight line to infinity and you cannot then make any predictions after that point in time about what the future is going to be like because there's just you just it's just going to be a 
different reality. Now, um, the idea with it, with you know, with us nerds, was always it was going to be like a robot uprising or an AI kind of catastrophe or um, you know something like that where machines, you know, Terminator, that kind of thing. But what we're actually, I think we're actually in the singularity now because it's happening at a political and influence level it's happening on a societal level and the reason I, I think this is happening is that the time now that it takes to come up with a manipulative idea like Cambridge Analytica did and executed on is significantly shorter than the time required for governments to react and adapt to that and that means that by the time the government has caught up to the one scam there will have been another five it will have changed the landscape will have changed yeah and it's going to change faster and faster and people are and it's happening on a social level and we're seeing that's why who could have predicted trump who could have predicted a lot of this stuff and it's happening because our ability to respond to change is now slower than the change itself so we are we are kind of barreling towards that vertical line and it's happening on a social level and now principles and ideas and long-term you know long-term trends just don't really mean anything anymore because we're in the middle of it so that's your theory yeah we could all be made of sausage <laughs> we could all be made of cheese sandwiches by next year we could all be we could all have decided that um we only talked to people with the same first name. Um, we could all have decided. I don't know. I don't know what we could have decided oh, by that. next year. But I don't know what we're deciding. Oh, so no. Think... You'd have a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to... Don't. Let's not make that true. Um, I don't know how it's all going to catch up and how it's going... You know, one of the things, we, one of the... I can't remember what we were talking about. And you, you talked about, you know, humans that do use mobile phones and humans that don't yep. use mobile phones. So it's like kind of like, like the, there's this sort of separation in, in society that it's not really around... Yes, there's the wealth thing, but that's a very, very small percentage of people up, up there in the, in the yes. wealth cloud with too much money. Yes. And then there's, then there's below that, there are different spheres. So... That, that are not to do with money, they're to do with the reality that you occupy. And there are too many realities at the moment. Maybe yeah. that's what it, it's like. There's no... Oh, wrong, is it? Exactly. No, it's like, it, it's just how do you... We're, we're sort of... We're sort of in the same family, but we can't talk to each other because your reality and my reality are different, not because of money, but because of technology. Yeah. God damn technology. But you know what you were talking about earlier about your app that collects people's innermost thoughts and yeah. you making a conscious decision not to read it. But that's morals and ethics. And how do you, in the olden days, <laughs> yeah. and in some societies still, the church or whatever the equivalent is policed the morals and ethics by providing, you know, hell as punishment and heaven as yes. reward. Or cutting hands off or lashes or whatever the fuck is your version. Who now Flagellation. Is going, yeah, who now is, you know, who is going to, who can tell the Cambridge Analytica people that Alexander Nix dude, for example, who's, who has the authority to say to him, you are evil, <laughs> what you did is you, wrong, you, you cannot do that, hell. you are going to hell. What is the new version of hell? What, what, are we, what are we offering as punishment for being evil? I suppose and I'm it not... has to come from the private sector, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a point to make about um, Google, about AI and Google, and like um, the, all this, all this big data doesn't really mean anything until you have a consciousness that can try and make sense of it and connect it back to things. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe something like that. An actual god that we have created needs to be keeping an <laughs> no, eye on no, us. No, but have I told you about? I'm sure I've told you Google about that god. game, Paranoia. Paranoia. Yeah, yeah it's I a role-playing game where you sort of like the computer was programmed that we should all be happy and then it became an act of a traitor to be unhappy and then you got eliminated for being unhappy. <laughs> um, so you have to be careful with that. But then if you think about what we were talking about last week with Maggie Bowden, that Dr. Maddie or Professor Maggie Bowden from Sussex talking about the fact that 
AI is not going to reach human human brain abilities just yet, uh, for sure. It's always uh, a long way off. It's always a long way off. Um, so it will be a human brain that sits behind going, ha-ha, now I know this, and I'm going to come up with Cambridge Analytica. Well, that was the beauty of it. They just came up with, OK, we'll just do psychometric profiles and we should actually get a lot out of that data. People will so tell we don't really need all, all the other shit. stuff. Anyway, we, we keep coming back to this. But it's going to be Google God, isn't it? Comes out. It will be Google God uh, or Amazon but, God. How, how's Amazon doing? They're just selling us things. I think the people that are doing wrong know they're doing wrong. Oh, so yeah. even if you could just... Um... Well, they must do. They're not stupid. Yeah. They're just evil. <laughs> yeah, and that's the difference. I mean, obviously you do have psychopaths who actually do... Well, I mean, they do lack empathy if, and they probably are psychopathic. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Mm. Although, that, I mean, that guy that was, you know, in the, the, in the video... The whistleblower. Yeah. He's is he a psychopath? Is he like did he seem evil? Because he was doing evil things. People just don't think about the consequences of what they're doing, do they? Well, you don't know what the consequences are going to be necessarily either. Mm. So you sort of try something. <laughs> it's like let's manipulate. Mm, I don't know. In this instance, one of the things, and this is a story I may not want included. Uh, okay. because it's one of those things that still makes me feel bad hundreds of years later. One time, my brother and I let our cat catch a, a bird. And then we felt really, really... Because we were like, hey, come on, Eric, let's see. I wonder if, if he good. can catch it. Yeah. yeah. And then, and he, then, then, oh, they, no. then, then Eric killed the bird, and then the bird had a, had a, had a partner that was out there. And it was just really sad oh, and horrible, and I felt really bad. So this is why I may, may not want this on the internet. I'm going to think a better story of learning about the consequences of your actions. Um, you can be blind to the evil if you're not if you're not thinking about that, if you're just thinking about yeah. trying to win or if you're or, thinking, or thinking about, about... making a living. I think that's a really good uh, metaphor, example, though. What, the killing the bird? Yeah, I yeah. think that's because you can sort of put yourself in that, oh, I hope... You're sort of excited oh, that he might do this like, difficult wow, look thing. At him gonna do that. And then you're like, oh, God. And then you're like, oh, no. And, and it then, was like, did... what, what's that word? That, that, uh, what's that book where the children turn evil? Lord of the Flies. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. It was me and my brother winding, ourse- winding ourselves up. But there's a thing about, so at a, at a, le- at a level of somebody working in that organisation, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and I'm willing to give them forgiveness because I think if you're trying to earn a living or trying to become good at a thing you can become blind to the consequences of something because you don't have there isn't an element of privilege to say oh no I'm sorry I'm not working on that project because it's evil I've I've sold cigarettes you know, I, because it was a certain point in my career where it was an opportunity to sort of step up to the next thing. And I was like, OK. And now and then it wasn't. And then I accidentally ended up doing. But then the thing with that was the next cigarette project came on. I forgot that I was anti-cigarette and kind of ended up doing it. And I was like, I was supposed to refuse this this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it can be very... I don't... I think I do... So my, the ability to refuse projects or be more picky is certainly something that I've been able to do for like last 10 years or so. Just go, no, I'm not working on that project yeah. because no. Um, but, or no, thank you for that offer, but I'm not coming to work for that firm. Thanks. Uh, and that, the, you, there is a, there is a strong a privilege, element of yeah. privilege. So therefore, I don't think that I w- want to throw stones at the person in the video. I think the person to throw stones at is still the soulless fella at the top there. But is he just trying to impress his dad? So can, you know, Well, this is like... my theory, is that his mummy and daddy just didn't give him enough kisses and cuddles when he was little. Because, I mean, yeah. look at him. He got packed off to boarding school when he was two and a half. Well, he was at Eton, wasn't well, he? Well, having been with these... a nanny since he was a three days a old nanny. because yeah. mother cannot be disturbed at night. You I know. had a nanny. Maybe nannies are... Yeah, I had nannies. Did you have a nanny? 
Yeah, that was because there were fifty-five of you. <laughs> well, it's because my dad had to work, and yeah, well, was yeah. the only option. Yeah, but that's yeah. different to, <laughs> to. No, I know, I know, I know. There's there's childcare, and then there's the well, let's get a nanny in so we don't have to deal with the child Delegate. crying. Delegate child rearing to people yeah. who didn't, whose child it isn't, um, which is also not, you know. I think nannies are the cause of all this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's nannies. <laughs> I think on the subject of child rearing, it is, uh, you know, children basically need a lot of love when they're little. Greedy. And uh, they need, well, they, don't, they need, yeah, they need love, they need feeding, and they need to be kept clean. <laughs> That's, it's very simple. Fussy, greedy. <laughs> and so, I, but I don't believe that can be, out, that should be necessarily outsourced. Uh, but yes, that's what I think it is. I think that's his problem. He probably was trying to impress his mother and father who packed him off to boarding school and then off to some all very expensive, best money could buy. Yes, of course, of um, course. But with not enough kisses and cuddles, which has made him clearly mm. a very, very... Maybe he was getting kisses and cuddles from the wrong people maybe, at that boarding maybe. school. But the point, the <laughs> point maybe is, there was more. I think they have absolutely created a leader we don't. I do, we just don't need those kind of ideas. Do it for something good. I mean, I, I'll be interested to see how Zuckerberg has he actually responded properly yet. I think he made some statement yesterday, but even though we were yeah. recording this episode today, I was very busy. <laughs> I didn't have chance to properly engage. I um, looked at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He. I think he said he's sorry. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's sorry for Trump. He's sorry for wrecking yeah, the world. Um, thanks, Mark. Good one. Cool. That 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 solves it. The, uh, um, there was, can you? Yeah, there was, why hasn't Twitter revoked Trump's account? I don't know. I why? really don't know because they don't have the balls. She says using a very masculine phrase, but frankly, it's just fucking. It's, yeah. In conclusion, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> in conclusion, like nothing happens on its own. We, even though it seems like technology is doing things by itself a lot of the time, nothing happens without lots of people doing a lot of work. And so we, you know, Wikipedia doesn't just magically correct errors there are teams of lots of people every day keeping an eye on it and working on it so we need to work and we need to be vigilant and we need to be we can't really relax no stay paranoid and don't confuse um chatting on facebook with chatting face to face because there is a world of difference like it might emotionally seem like the same thing but it's really not because that data wants to get out and it will probably find a way. There's something about, like, why should I have to worry about this? No, maybe, maybe I'm not. So my, my first thing is, like, look, I want to use, I want to chat to my friend in the other side of the world on Messenger, have a little chat, have a little video call. Oh, it's so easy and simple. Or WhatsApp, which is Facebook, um, contrary to what lots of people think. Yes. Um, and As is Snapchat. As is Snapchat and lots of other. And Instagram. Yes. Uh, so I so I want to chat. Why should I have to worry about somebody doing something evil? Shouldn't there be moral core? <laughs> Shouldn't there be laws about Shouldn't this sort of thing? Shouldn't be the United Nations. You know, what's their role in all of this? You know, if they're going to stop war or, you know, if they were formed to prevent us ever descending into world war again, maybe it's time the UN stepped up. Maybe yeah. this is about legislating. Maybe, you know, it all comes back always to politics. <laughs> <sighs> But then, you know, if you were telling your friend a secret in a cafe, you might, well, I would, just have a quick look to see who's around. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. who's nearby and are they paying attention? You yes. kind of need to develop that over-the-shoulder look for the yeah. internet. That's it. I yeah. always love to look for a non-internet analog like a, a yeah. sorry analogy not analog a yeah, yeah. non-internet analogy and the non-internet an analog analogy <laughs> yes an analog analogy would be a quick is there anyone behind that shoulder is there anybody that behind that shoulder does anyone look like they're listening to our conversation anyway let me tell you what i heard the other day that's what you gotta adopt i mean you just can't ever know what's going on behind the scenes so yeah just yeah. just don't be silly i, I, that's, I don't like saying that <laughs> 
Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks that for listening. That was our thing. Um, what, what can people do if they like the podcast? They can go on iTunes and write us some reviews or Apple Podcasts, as I think it's now known. Well, I think it's actually called iTunes, sorry, I mean Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I think that's its official name at the moment for at least a year. Um, you can find me at Michael Forrest on Twitter and michaelforrestmusic.com. You can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. I've got this blog that I sometimes do things with called Ivanka.blog. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and then we've got a website of, of the podcast that I just kind of updated a bit last week and it's a bit ropey but I'll fix it um, at grandpodcast.com and you can email us hello at grandpodcast.com with your ideas oh and you can twitter us at podcast grand there's going to be a YouTube it's going to be I mean it's all kicking off <laughs> Ivanka's driving it up so thanks for listening and hopefully see you next week. Let us know what you think. Uh, bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>